we do the review. Indeed, let's do the review. Uh, firstly, I know... Obviously, this is a City fan base. <laughs> uh, after the Chelsea match, you said it was done, this title race. Did you come into this match feeling pretty relaxed, all things considered? Southampton, the results don't always show it, uh, but Southampton are tricky opponents and have already proved that this season. But did you come into the match feeling pretty relaxed? Um, yeah, I mean, the, I, I, but that's probably more to do with the, the points gap at the top of the league than anything yeah. else. I think that we've afforded ourselves a little bit of um, being able to enjoy match days without the the extreme jeopardy. Um, and, you know, it's funny because I, I did actually think uh, in the build-up to the game, I am very relaxed and... <laughs> In the back of my head, I thought, you know, even though we won the league in uh, in in eighteen nineteen, that running wasn't fun. Do you no. know what I mean? Like, having a win every single week and fun. knowing that, like, even, yeah. even a draw kills you, it was just like, oh man. So yeah, so um, I enjoyed it, and I'm also hopeful that there's going to be no repeat of eighteen nineteen. Yeah, well, I mean. It's- it was just neck and neck all the way. There was a very different situation. Uh, City have been involved in, is it three uh, title races that have gone to the wire? Uh, yeah. So 11, I mean, they've all been, to be honest, the, um, the, the 100-point season was a canter. Mm. Um, and last season felt okay but the rest of them for me were relatively tight Mancini and Pellegrini were you know the Scousers thought they were winning that league the the Pellegrini one the Mancini one obviously it was what it was um Guardiola 1819 we had Liverpool there you go I mean Mm. (laughs) we've been in some corkers but the trends are the same the the ones that are tight were always tight all the way through the season or City came from behind the ones that weren't is when City but you know City developed a lead and then kept it, if not increased it. Mm. That's generally as well how title races go. Mm. Uh, it's, yeah, we'll, we'll come to the the aftermath uh, of City daring to drop points in a bit, so we'll come back to that. But psychology of it is a bit weird and fascinating in a way. Uh, when you saw the team, uh, any surprises there? Were you happy with that? Yeah, no surprises. Um, I think that team had performed so well um, the previous week. I guess the only surprise, and I, I tweeted it at the time, it felt really harsh on John Stones. Mm. I thought that I thought that he'd done more than enough uh, last weekend to start again. But I mean, that's not really. I mean, it's a it's almost like a minor gripe inside a minor gripe because Ruben Diaz is the best centre half that we've got. So you know, it is what it is. He should get picked and. The rest of that team is just... I think it's probably our strongest team right now. Uh, yeah, the other player as well that surprises me, but again, is uh, Gundogan. He's just not always been a starter recently. Uh, and the the trio of Rodri, Bernardo, Gundogan, that's just, you know, its mm. winning record is just beyond compare. You know... Being broken up, but... Uh, well, again, it, there's always someone else to come in. Someone's got to miss out. I just well, exactly. It's just a short-term thing. He's not played a lot recently. I, I said... Um, I said when we signed Grealish that somebody was sitting on the bench. It was just going to happen, mm. right? Every game, there's going to be somebody on the bench. And I think that in... 
I don't mind rotation, but actually I prefer stability. So for me, if the team's performing and it's playing well and it's winning, you don't change it. And I, I feel almost as though a little bit that's where we yeah. are. So you kind of look at Rodri, KDB and Bernardo, right? And you go, yeah, I mean, that's the, as good as Gundo, Bernardo and Rodri were. Kevin De Bruyne is a better footballer than Ilkay Gundogan. It's that simple. And there's not there's there's not many ways that you can convince me that De Bruyne should go and sit on the bench for Gundo. It's just never going to happen. I think for that to happen, you got to take Grealish out of the team and you play Kev as the uh, as the false nine. But I think that's a bigger problem from a narrative and a kind of optics point of view. I don't think that they can. Um, I think they'd like to. You know, I, I, I bet that privately they probably wouldn't mind almost letting Grealish sit on the bench for two or three months uh, or at least you know playing minimally and letting watch the others I think that the reality is that there's so much nonsense hype around there was so much nonsense hype around Grealish before the transfer that it was always going to be that he'd be under a microscope every week and therefore I feel they feel the coaching staff feel it's not good for him to sit him on the bench. We're going to have to play him. And so I, if I was, my speculation is that that's more or less the thought process. Because right now, the one thing I would say is that Kevin De Bruyne, for me, is a better false nine than Grealish is, right? Mm. So there's plenty of plenty of ways that you can go, Kevin the false nine, Gundo in the eight is our best and our strongest team. So, you see what I'm driving up there, Harry? Yeah, I was about to say, I prefer neither were. But then I can't... <laughs> we, don't dichot- have what? Eh? we don't have a nine. They I know, it's a dichotomy here of what I'm saying doesn't really make sense in that no. this system's works brilliantly, but I don't really like anyone as <laughs> a false nine. It's just like, well, he could be better elsewhere, but look what he's doing with this team without a striker. Mm. And it's like, yeah... I like I him there, you know. I yeah, like, I just I like, like him doing other stuff as well. That's the, the the issue. I like him bursting forward, and it, yeah, it's just uh, sometimes I get confused in my own brain about what I want in this team lineup. <laughs> you know what I mean? Confused in your own brain, all yeah, <laughs> which isn't difficult. Let's be honest. <laughs> <laughs> no, but that, that's the problem with a false. Yeah, we're having a false nine. It's like well, they all could, they all could do better mm. elsewhere in theory, but this system is why we're. Miles, yeah, we just won twelve in a row before this game. So, and yeah, just the previous point is that keeping a stable team when they win does mean that players can just disappear for a month yes. <laughs> through no fault of their own. They just sit on the bench for the month. And I, but I look, think... you have to remember that at the start of the season, Sterling only plays like two of the first eleven games or twelve yeah. games, right? Mara similarly, he, he's he's not frozen out of the team, but he doesn't play in the early part of the season. I think that you know. For better or for worse, we have to trust Guardiola's uh, rotation. However, however he wants to rotate them, I'm I'm kind of okay with that. You would expect that he knows best. I felt I remember saying early on that he wasn't going to get the best out of Mares and Sterling by introducing them from the bench because I just felt that they would feel that they're above being those type of impact players. But I'll tell you what sitting them on the bench did do. It ensured that when they came back into the team, they're not giving up those shirts easily. Do you know what I mean? If you look at 
the form of Sterling and Mares in the last six or eight weeks, it speaks to two players who felt the pressure that maybe their positions weren't as strong as they thought they were, and therefore when they got back in the team, they performed. Hmm. And, you know, I'm a big fan of stability anyway in teams, so mm. I, I cannot complain if uh, if he picks the same team that's won games previously. So, Right, the match itself then. Uh, I'm not going to pick. I'm not going to break it down into five-minute segments. Hey, <laughs> son, you'd be glad to know. Uh, it didn't feel like a good first half. Is that how you saw it? Did it surprise um, you? I mean... <laughs> <laughs> I did genuinely. So, firstly, like the goal, how long does the goal come after seven minutes? Seven, right? I think, yeah. Early. Right, okay, fine. So, in a way, you don't really know how City may or may not settle into the game because they concede after seven minutes, right? And I think that that completely changes the dynamic of the game. I felt in the early part of the game, both before and after the goal, that I had the sense that a few of them were already mentally on their holidays. That's the only way that I can describe it. I, I just felt that um, everything was done at 5% slower than it needs to be done. So nobody was moving the ball particularly crisply. Um, nobody was being particularly dynamic in the dribble. Uh, they didn't really like, and it's funny because it's Southampton. It's the same. It was the same thing at the Etihad, um, to a greater or a lesser extent. It was the same thing against Palace. They didn't like the way that Palace press, uh, the way that the Saints pressed them. They didn't like the way that Saints set up, and it kind of disappoints me that they were so passive in that first half. They really, I mean. I say that, not to say that we didn't create some chances, that's not the point, but the point is that it didn't feel like normal City to me. It felt a little bit like the Arsenal game in the sense that you kind of looked at it and went, have they just woke up? Like, I don't really understand. They, did they not like the long trip now to Southampton? Something something felt a little bit tired in, in everything that City were doing. Mm. But there's no reason to be tired as such because got this amazing situation of playing one game a week or oh, no games soon it is there an argument that some some teams just by definition by how they play are more difficult opponents not because of how good they are but just their style of play in that Southampton will by the way they play can be beaten by say Wolves easily but be a problem to Manchester City does that make sense yes, to you absolutely absolutely I mean look so in a way, we're the ideal team for Southampton to play because we're going to play with a really high line, right? And we're going to like militantly play out from the back. So we're not really going to mix it up there. So your press and your pressure and the way that you try and stop us from playing begins in our penalty area. And mm. Southampton are really good at that. So if in the first... And it happened at the Etihad, and I feel as though it happened at the weekend. If in the first 15 minutes, City don't get their build-up right, and they're not getting to... I think I looked at the clock at like 15, and I was a little bit like, I don't think we've had... I think we've had like one or two touches in their penalty area, which is weird, because normally when I watch City, one of the things I like is you get to the seven or eight-minute mark, and you go, 
we've had the ball like nine times in their area already. Like you know, yeah. we're, we're, we 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 can progress the ball really easily. But when somebody like Southampton stops that progression of the ball, I think it becomes much more complicated for City. And the flip side of that for me is that for Southampton, they just gain confidence. They get you know, it's one of those where it was obvious to me 20 minutes in that Southampton fancied it. That they went, well, not only have we got a goal lead here, but they can't play. We can stop them from playing. And, you know, I think a lot of this... I want to go back to the goal, right? So a lot of this is conditioned by the goal, when it happens, how it happens. Seven minutes into the game, for Foden to not track uh, Walker-Peters mm. is... Uh, really 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 poor like phil is my favorite footballer maybe ever in my whole life right because he's from stockport but i can't forgive him that because that's like the basics right if he tracks that run walker peters doesn't score that goal and i'm 95 percent sure that city end up winning that game and the thing is that he does that we concede a goal I expect Guardiola tore him in half at half time, but we don't really give them a sniff after that. They're, we Everybody does their job after that, so the press is good from them, the pressure's good from them, but there's very little going on going the other way in terms of them getting into super, super dangerous positions because everybody does their, does their defensive duty properly. Um, what, so you think the first half wasn't as poor as other people make out? I mean... Uh, bizarrely, the, one of their best chances, I think, comes early second half as well, so it's not all about splitting no, it into halves. absolutely. In way, and, so. But also, Howard, um, Sterling's chances in the first half, oh, right? Oh, yeah. So, <laughs> and and that's, an, that's a fantastic move, right, where it's been put on a plate. Mm. And if, again, if that goal goes in there, in that moment in the game, City win that game from there. I would suggest they went not do not only do they win it, they probably win it comfortably. I think that it's almost like you've got two sliding doors moments in that half. You've got Foden not tracking Walker Peters, him hitting an absolute worldie with the outside of his boot that Edison's got no chance with, right? One nil. And then City do everything right and get themselves into the position where it should really be one one and Sterling does what he does, right? And then that's I felt that those moments, they go one way or the other. Either you miss a chance like that and everybody raises their game. Everybody goes, right, we, we can see the route here. We've done it once. We just need to do the same thing again. We'll get in. Or everybody's shoulders drop a little bit. And I just felt everybody's shoulders dropped a little bit. I think after Sterling's miss, it's like everybody got shit. And, you know, it, it took us until the second half to recover and I think even then um, I mean anyway we'll get to we'll get we'll get to, to how we reacted to our to our own goal but that's more or less my assessment of the first half there that you know I think it really does hinge on those two moments the the, the Walker Peters one and then Sterling's miss hmm. and prior to the goal you can't blame Sterling for a misplaced pass in the opposition penalty area because that doesn't cause a goal but you can talk about sliding doors moments. He had an easy pass into whoever was overlapping him in that penalty area just seconds before they scored. Is, is, is his head, like three or four others, was not in Southampton at the weekend. No. And he and, was 
December Player of the Year. I don't was it for City or the whole Premier League? Anyway, the whole he, Premier League. He's been in top Premier form League. and he put in a poor performance. And... But look, I don't think I, I'm not so. Um, you know, I, I'm really I'm really fucked off with Foden, right? I don't know if I can swear on a on a YouTube live, live stream, but I am I'm really not happy with him because that's the kind of stuff that I expect him to do in his sleep. Tracking runners is something that, you know, I just, I don't expect phone not to do that. But mm. outside of that, it's really hard to be annoyed at any of those players because they've done, you know, we have the lead that we've got because of all those lads. Sterling is entitled to have a four out of 10 disaster class because your man's just done six weeks where we've won every single game. He's been pivotable in most of those games. And because of that, we've got the lead that we've got. So, you know, I, I can almost I can almost give it, it was one of those days for those guys. I can almost say, you know what, it's all right. It was one of those days. But let me ask you something, because obviously I'm doing all the talking here. Like, how did you see it? When you, how do you measure that first half performance in terms of, the collective quality. Yeah, it was bang average. <laughs> so, uh, it's my opinion. I don't expect perfection from this team because I don't expect it from any team in Europe throughout a season or at this time of the season. I don't think you get perfection from teams. And it, my honest opinion is we haven't... That You know, these all these articles about the league being over, blah, blah, blah. I don't think City have actually been... I think they've been far from perfect for quite a while now. Uh, and that's not a real criticism because I don't expect them to be perfect. Mm. I don't think this City was... This team was in absolute top gear anyway for a lot of the previous matches. And I think that's a credit to the team that they've gone on this winning run when they're not quite... There's a lot of players just folding himself. So he came into the season injured. Uh, he's had COVID. It's been the odd disciplinary. Uh, got sat on the bench for a couple of matches for going out uh, midweek. And his season just hasn't really got fully going yet. But we're living in the middle of a pandemic. And I think you can say that for quite a large swathe of footballers across this league, that the kind of winging it, and in the middle of this, Pep Guardiola just does his stuff and we win 12 games on the row and just blow everyone else away. But the team itself, and I, as I say, I have to keep reiterating that, I don't expect them to be, in the circumstances and situation, I don't expect them to be working as a perfect unit. And I don't think they have been. And I think this result was going was always going to happen at some point. I also thought the run the run obviously was going to come to an end, and it was likely not to be like a Liverpool or a Chelsea. It was more likely to be a Southampton, because that's always been where City have dropped points as much as against Liverpool or Chelsea or United. Yeah, because it was pre it's bookended by the Crystal Palace home defeat. So yeah, there was just something. Not there. We always talk about you can tell within five minutes if a game's going to go well. I think it was pretty obvious. I think I think Southampton will just decide, yeah, who set up and make it difficult for us. I still, still, all things considered, could quite easily have won this game. And this is our bottom rung, so to speak. 
This is where. Let me ask you something then. Do you know what I mean? It's like some players do, do perform do. very well. Uh, we can. We won't waste time on VAR or decisions like that, and we still could have won it. So, you know, I'm, I'm pretty. Oh, okay we will with be it. wasting time on VAR later. Don't you worry about that. That's, <laughs> I'm not letting that pass. But okay. we'll we'll come to that. Let me ask you a different thing then, because um, you said you just said. Um, w- we weren't at our best or we didn't hit top gear or however you want to characterize it. Um, have we hit top gear this season? Like, is there, can you think of a game where mm. you go, you know what, that city having to move through all the gears and end up in fifth gear and it's just a top draw performance? Well, they're so boring. I, I forget their games as soon as they finish. <laughs> I mean, as always, there's always excuses in all the, the opposition were rubbish. We put five past Arsenal and Norwich early doors, but you know, Norwich, Arsenal lost the first three games, put seven past Leeds. Last year in the Champions League, I think, was it last season? <laughs> Time is just such, so vague at the moment. Yeah, we concede, we beat Porto 3 1 and then didn't concede for the rest of the group stages in the Champions League. Mm hmm. This season, we've conceded, I think, in every Champions League game. So, City have been brilliant at many times, but the perfect side, absolutely not. And I'm absolutely so, fine with that. I don't expect, I don't, I don't, you know, it is what it is. They're just, they're trying to get results. And I probably forget, I mean, Chelsea away. Chelsea away, you must say, yeah? Well, that's what I was going to say to you, that I think that the, probably the two... The two games or the two performances that you'd probably look at and go were the most impressive were, were Chelsea home and away, right? Mm. Um, and I would argue that even in both of those games, as as good as we were, we didn't have to be amazing, right? And so, like, I think that we one of the things that we've learned or we're learning how to do this season, which I think is really good and really important, is we're learning how to win games without being the best version of Guardiola City. We don't have to be at 10 out of 10 for 90 minutes. And one of the reasons for that is because the system affords us a lot more, I think, defensive stability than we've had previously. And by building everything on a on a level of defensive stability you afford like bottom line right if you keep the score to nil you got a chance you play rubbish you got a chance and with this city team it with the opposition as we showed with arsenal not so much with southampton but still you see the point that i'm making actually we keep it within one goal and there's a chance that you'll flip the uh you'll flip the result and i think that's a change from previous city teams. Yeah, do you think it's mentally stronger this team that when they go behind they're more likely to come back? Because we obviously we had that run of not coming back from being behind. Yeah. And we I have done that, about 10, 12 times in the last year, I think. I think they've learned I think they've learned something in particular from the Champions League final. Um I think that um they almost get slower after they concede to almost, it's almost like reminding themselves that, look, the way that we win football games is by moving the opposition around, 
just trying to go direct, trying to go back to front, trying to get the ball into the penalty area as fast as you can. That's not how we play. That's how we give the ball up. That's how we give turnovers away. And so I think that we're much better at conceding a goal and then going, nothing changes. We keep playing in the same way. Mm. We keep doing the same things. Eventually, it will come. And I think that if you look at the Southampton game, Guardiola talks afterwards about one of the best performances, blah, blah, blah. Loads of people immediately are like, well, no, it wasn't. It was terrible. And he's just blatantly lying. But then when you actually read what he says, I kind of take his point. Like, in the end, on another day, we win that game. Simple. We do. On another day, we do win that game. There was enough in the game for Man City, for Man City to have won that game. There wasn't enough in it for Southampton to have won that game. And actually, if we agree that Southampton are one of the most difficult teams to play against, then going to their ground and controlling them in the way that we controlled them outside of the Walker Peters Foden moment is super impressive. So, I mean, I'm, I just see this team differently. I, I don't think that we're, um, I don't think we're as heavy metal or as rock and roll as the 17, 18 team or even the 18, 19 team. But I think that suits us better. I think that we have more ways of winning and we are mentally stronger because we've learned from past experience and they understand now what I think that I think that Pep's system has won them so many games now that they yeah. believe in it blindly that it's like you know what we can go one down we just keep doing the same thing well, it's and the squad itself final. yeah well the squad itself I think has got room for improvement and will get better so yes exactly exactly and I think that you know I want to reference the Champions League final because I just feel that that was a game where because of the pressure, because of the intensity, because of the magnitude of the game, once City went a goal down, their heads went almost totally. If they hadn't gone before the goal, after the goal, their heads went. And the last 15 minutes of that game is the worst I've seen City perform under Guardiola ever chasing a goal. It was horrendous to watch. It's like watching a different team. And that's what I mean, that like, you know, that that's those are the two extremes that the Champions League final is one extreme and this season is the other extreme of going, No, stay calm, stay relaxed, do the thing that you're meant to do. So for you, did you see an improvement in that second half? Yeah. Compared to the first half, yeah. Yeah. We were better. Yeah. We were better. We were I think if you take the way we analyse this is it's Manchester City against Southampton, who I think are in the bottom half of the table, and that was rubbish performance. But if you just analyse it as two football teams, yes, Southampton played well and deserved a draw. But if you forget who's playing, it's eleven against eleven. Then you probably, you know, if you just say it as two teams playing each other, you say that City overall did create better chances. Does that make sense? Does it? Is that Absolutely. fair? Absolutely. So they should be expected to because they're the team that just run through over the row. Huge resources are at top of the league and are reigning champions. But I'm just saying, as an aside, this was still a game that on another day, yes, City would have won, uh, even if they didn't create that many guilt edge chances. Absolutely. I think that, you know, there's no question we improved in the second half. There's no question that we deserved the goal that we scored. There's no question that we do enough in that second half to win the game. I mean, wait, uh, Kev hits the post after the after he scores the goal. Uh, 
Rodri hit the post after Kevin's goal and Jesus hit the post after Kevin's goal. So, uh, ans answers its own question there for me. Yeah. In terms De Bruyne of put it wide as well, didn't it? Yeah. De Bruyne put it wide. Yeah. When, if it had been on target, yeah. the keeper didn't move at all. Would have been in. Exactly. I think Jesus Yo, should have done better with that and, chance. And, and, and VAR, right? That's a penalty on Kev. I'm sorry, but... Like the thing that you, the only thing that they've got to check for is whether that foul occurred in the box or outside the box. And from the very first replay, it was crystal clear that Kev's foot's on the line when he's fouled him. That's a penalty. There's no. I don't understand. Really, don't understand. No. Like, there's just no. There's no debate about that for me. And the same with uh, the. We'll do the VAR now. And the same with the brutal. Stud scraping thing on Laporte. What are they looking at? Do you have any idea what they were looking at eight million times? No, I mean it's it's, it's Armstrong, Stuart Armstrong, is it not? Who was immediately hauled off? Not surprising. Yeah, uh, it's identical. I think. Of course so it is. John Stones at Aston Villa was at the end of last season. No one complained is. about that, weren't yet. Yeah. Fade. You put your foot up and miss the ball. Yeah, yeah, he didn't mean to harm me, but that's not how red cards work. It's dangerous. No, it's it's, it's well a red card. Dangerous. Well, dangerous. just it was. It, you know, bizarrely, I was just so just lethargic about it all. I was watching the VAR for the penalty, and I was like, I'm just worn down by it all. Not not doing a city of you know city of being you know, cursed or don't get any decisions. It's a fix. The weekend's v, this weekend's VAR stuff is a fix. You can't tell me when you contrast the decisions in the uh, in the City game with the decisions in the Liverpool game. The Liverpool one's the worst that. thing I've ever seen on VAR in this country. I, no, I'm sorry, but it really is. Be because it wasn't given originally, so it really has to be clear and obvious for, to be sent to the screen and overturned. That, I, I cannot understand what is going on. I... They don't give a red car 30 minutes from the end, well, so be it. But the penalty itself, of course, is the bigger instant as such because that's an excellent I chance think the to bigger take goal the lead. Is, I think Oxlade-Chamberlain's goal is the bigger goal and I think that yeah. Firmino could not be more offside, could not be more interfering with the play. I do not understand. Tries Nobody's to head ball and draws the play that would have been marking Oxlade-Chamberlain. Just... You know, like, whatever. But anyway, so to go back to City, um, both of those VAR decisions were wrong for me. Um, and it just, it, it, it just had that. Lost for words is, is, is pretty much... Did, did it disrupt wrong. the flow, though, that long delay looking at VAR for the penalty? Do you feel that City had the rhythm, they had the domination then? I'm not sure the stoppage really helped them, to be honest. I compl I completely agree with you. I feel as though a little bit we petered out after that. And actually, mm. I think that <clears throat> for the chances that we did create after after De Bruyne's first goal, I don't think we consistently attacked them and I don't think we consistently got into dangerous positions because had we, we'd have won that game because Southampton are not that good, if that makes sense. They're still not Chelsea, right? So I expected... As soon as that that uh, that goal went in, there was twenty minutes left. I was like, "We're winning this game." And my issue at full time, if I'm gonna if I'm gonna pick things apart, my issue was just we didn't get into enough dangerous positions 
after the uh, after the goal. Hmm. Do you do you think Pep was privately fuming then afterwards? Do you think he would have laid into the players, or do you think he understands no. the situation? No, because I think that um, as a manager, you've got to look at where you got you kind of you, there's got to be a bigger context, and I think the bigger context is that their performances in the last two months deserve nothing but praise. Same with the results. And I think that with the fact that they were all going away on holiday, I don't think they needed to go away with Guardiola going, fuck you, your shit. Yeah, I think that it makes more sense to go, I'm proud of everything that you've done in the last two months. Go have a holiday, because when we come back, we've got to do it all again for the next two months. Yeah. Uh, right, I don't really want to discuss individual players, because... Yeah. Why not? Because of everything we've just said. Who do you want to discuss? I thought Sterling wasn't very good, but as I say, he's coming off from one of great form. I don't, I don't know what else there is to say about that. So it's, let me ask you. Let it, me ask you can I just say, yeah, we can have endless Grealish phone discussions or whatever. The, my point is that I'm happy about this season. Is I, I don't. It's not the perfect squad, and the argument that we don't really need a striker is just ridiculous for me. And. I don't know. I just don't want to make. I don't want to make conclusions about players in this system. That makes sense. Uh, coming off the back sense. of twelve wins as well. Who do you want to discuss? Um. Well, just in general, I wanted to just chat about a few players. Like I yeah, think go I'm going to start. All right, I'll start with Foden. Right. I don't think Foden's been at his best. Yeah. Um, I think that you know that not tracking that run is. Uh, a sign of something for me that I don't like and I hope that you know he comes back the other side of of this break with a renewed kind of uh, commitment to his game um, because I, don't, I just quietly I don't think that he's been at his best at all this season and you don't really expect I mean look he's so young you don't expect progress to be linear in that sense or development for young players to be linear so maybe this is the season where kind of drops a little bit in terms of his... Uh... To be honest, he's so good. At... I I barely raise an eyebrow if he loses some form. Because yeah, totally. It's, te- I mean, it's look, temporary. It, yeah, He's it, off that level now that if he loses some form, it's not like, ooh, <laughs> this is a dip in his career. You know, it might all fall apart. It's just like, well, he's just out of form for a few weeks or something. Totally. That's it, and really. Think... Yeah. The the thing with Phil is that like he has that he has that volley right. I'm not sure it's first half or second half where it's just sweet as yeah, and it's a good save from the keeper. It's a little bit too close to him, but you know there's maybe three or four players in our entire squad who can do that first time like that. Um, so much power, so much accuracy. I think similarly he hit some of the best crossfield balls that we saw. So you know that he's got the technique there. It's just more about you know making the right decisions and application. Yeah. Who else? Um, so Sterling wasn't great. Uh, Lasted 55 minutes. Yeah. Pep, I mean, Pep gave him 10 minutes, was, I think. To... That was a brutal hooking. That was a brutal hooking. Because Guardiola does not make... <laughs> Before 50, the hour. 55 minutes. Yeah. <laughs> fully. Do you know what I mean? Like, that's... that's where was it? Was it at Wigan or somewhere like that in an FA Cup game where Sterling got hooked really early? Do you remember that? No. Burnley? 
I don't remember there's stuff a game, like that. So. There's there's a there's a game two years ago, three three years ago, right, where Sterling got an early hook and he was that bad. So, um, I think Kev's you know recovered his form almost completely. Would you agree with that? Yeah, yeah. Okay. I, I would say he's ten out. You know, he's not at his peak, but he's uh, he's definitely just slowly, slowly motored into gear. I think. Okay. Who do you think was City's best player? I'm not Damn. asking for a man of the match, but who I didn't want to answer player? that because uh, no one really stands out. I'm afraid. I got a player who stands out. Oh, good. I mean, I was watching it. Oh, yeah, I'd had some alcohol and watched it in the pub. So, and there was an idiot United fan playing pool behind us who was cheering every time a misplaced pass went astray. So maybe I was distracted to give the, <laughs> the incisive analysis that's needed for this game. Uh, no one stands out really. It's, you, know, you might have to pick a defender, but go on. You uh, pick your choice then. Laporte. Right. Well, I mean, he scored the I goal. I think he was obviously. our best player. Scored yeah. the goal. No, it's not just that. I mean, ended I with a uh, quietly huge, huge uh, little nice little memento from the match as well, didn't he? Yeah, exactly. No, but I just think quietly his distribution from the back has been insane the last few weeks. And I think there was a moment where he made a couple of mistakes and you felt a bit like, mm, how's he going to recover from the mistakes? But he looks to be uh, as good he's, as he's ever been at City right now, um, which is a shame for John Stones, but is definitely great for us. Yeah. yeah By the way, I have to apologise. Can you hear that? No. There's like something. There's a not leaf, a leaf blower. blower. I am not lying to you, man. Somebody in a garden around here has decided this is the moment to use a leaf blower. Oh my word! They've reached, <laughs> they've reached Spain. They've reached Ibiza. <laughs> At least there aren't any leaf, the leaves are so mushed here that uh, there's not much point trying to blow them anywhere at the moment. So not that it's been raining, but it's the middle of winter, so. Welcome to my world, eh, Sam? Let's slowly grind you down day after day after day. But no, I can't hear anything, so I, I still I'll be honest, I still I still prefer Stones Diaz. I don't know why. I just think the port's got I mean we're really picking hairs here because we've got a choice of three top class defenders in the middle. And we're spoiled to have that right now. Uh I think I still prefer Stones and Diaz, I don't know. I still think Laporte's just got a little bit of laxness in him that Stones has got out of his game recently. Is that harsh? Mm. Splitting hairs, as I said. Harsh. I think it's a. I think it's a little bit harsh. I think that you know, Stones is not flawless, flawless. He's not. No. Um, No. But I think, like, my personal preference is Diaz, Stones. Right. Having said that. Uh, I totally understand why the left foot on the left-hand side yeah, yeah. really works. Really, Passing really angles works. are everything, aren't they, as well? Yeah, right? exactly, exactly. Body um, direction when you're receiving and distributing the ball. All these things that I've never really given much thought about before. So. Exactly. And the other thing is just that, you know, we're in that blessed position. If you look at the, the, if you look at the performance of um, Stones and Laporte against Chelsea, it's like we've got another pairing. Do, do you see what I'm driving at? That, like, you know, actually, if Diaz were to um, uh, get an injury, get suspended, whatever, we're in good shape. Yeah. Yeah. 
I agree with that. Hey, I know this is irrelevant to City, but uh, it sounds like Anthony Martial is moving to Sevilla. <laughs> He's got to be one of the funniest players that United have signed in the last 10 years. Could have done the job for us. Yeah. Who suggested that on Twitter a few months ago? I don't know, but he's... Someone we know well, so I'm not going to pile in. Someone said... Uh, I... <laughs> uh, United have given me so many laughs in the last ten years. He was a deadline day sort of signing, was he not? So, Mate, the, the, they, the, the, one of the Glazers, like Mourinho wanted to sell him like three years ago, and, and one of the Glazers was like, he's our Pele, we're never selling him. Mm. <laughs> Sorry, yeah, capable of playing well against players. City every now and then, but yeah, one of those players who turns up against City and no one else. So, what can you do? Uh, not much else I want to discuss about the game. You said the league was done before this match. Uh, how did no, you I feel? Didn't. no, I didn't. No, you I said didn't. it's done. Well, I said, I said it's done we, after Chelsea. If, I said that if we win, no, I said that I said back in December that if we win every game between now and Southampton, including Southampton, the league is done at the end of the Southampton game. The fact that we dropped two points against Southampton means the league ain't done. Hmm. It might be done, like, it might be done, like, the, the probability of City winning it will obviously be much higher than anybody else. But let's not kid ourselves that if the Scousers win their game in hand it's six right and if they beat us at the Etihad it's three yeah. so yeah done no, I don't think so but and let me ask you something else actually that's that's reminded me I wanted to ask you this is it a blessing in disguise that we dropped two points on Saturday no okay well, I, I think it is you know I think it there. is you know <sighs> Popper is no game now for two weeks. Is that? I think that's why it's a blessing in disguise, genuinely, because I think that. Was you don't want them back on the saddle, ASAP? No, I think I want them to. They've been so flawless for so long, right? To drop those two points right before you go away, and then to have that in the back of your minds for the whole time that you're away. That last time we played, we dropped points. I expect them to come back like chomping at the bit. Okay, we'll see. Plus, they will have done the maths that I've just done. They will have all done the maths of this ain't done. We've got a we, what we've just done over the last three or four months. We've got to do it again when we get back. Well, it's Brentford at home and Norwich away next, so there's their chance to just mm. reinforce the season. Basically, to be honest, I'm sick of them. I'm sick of seeing photos of them sunning themselves in <laughs> Dubai or Mexico or wherever. So they best come back chomping at the bit. <laughs> we're really laying to them if we don't beat Brentford so it's a different world uh, is there anything else you want to discuss about the match ultimately I mean no we can't we couldn't have been in a better position than this could we really no it's January no, I, I mean it's I January the 25th and yeah six or nine points clear make your mind up we've played most I think we played everyone away, have we not? That we've played, yeah, we had anyway. We've played most the big teams away. Uh, I say Brentford know it's next. If you can't win them, then yeah, 
then we deserve to be in a, a scrap for the title again because we've literally just drawn a game away. That's it, really. But that's all it takes, and that's probably because we're spoiled and the bar's so high that we don't know how to deal with that in a way. Yeah, that makes sense. I, I agree. I agree. I don't think that we're... Um, as a supporter base, I don't think that we're particularly uh, good at, you know... I don't know. Like so, I, I'm gonna use I'm gonna use the blue room blue blue room the blue moon forum as a little bit of a barometer, and I actually I wrote it on there the other day that I feel almost as though before the takeover we found it much easier to basically shake off whatever happened on the pitch and enjoy ourselves and accentuate the positives to put it. Yeah. bluntly and I feel as though we've lost a lot of that we a lot I know a lot of fellas particularly on there and on Twitter and I'm not talking about kids either grown ass men right who just like foam at the mouth about the daftest things like kind of looking at them going 12 points clear at the top of the league and you're foaming at the mouth because you know player X did this yeah. or some guy did that or you know just read some, just read, I've read some stuff like, you know, it's not good for my health watching Sterling play football. It's like, who are you? Like, what, what have you been watching your entire life? Because I've been watching Manchester City and, you know, Sterling can be a bit frustrating, but I've seen way worse, way, way, way worse at Manchester City after the takeover. So, you know, and we lost I don't know. I just, points I, in October. Exactly. <laughs> exactly. Remember October? It was. I, don't I say it seems October. a long time ago. It was a long time ago. Yeah, it was a long, long time ago. So no, I mean, I'm, I'm, I'm conditioned now to stay off the internet uh, with regards to football, just in general. And when it comes to City, after we drop points, I'm, I'm never going on the internet. I'm not it, bothered it, about yeah. what Twitter's got to say. There is the ingrained negativity that, of course, I. I've been called negative many times. <laughs> what I am is nervous on match day. Like I don't mm. hate derby days. Uh, doesn't mean I go in thinking we're losing today, but there is that tendency to see the worst. So I just dipped into Liverpool's fixtures the other day and thought, oh, they're winning all of them for the rest of the season. Barely any tough games. So I went, I'll just turn it. <laughs> Close your browser, Howard. Exactly. <laughs> but I can see them going on a run. So, and that's why there's still a title race. But City are just coming mm. off the back I mean, of 12 wins. And as I say, you're a Liverpool fan and you look at City's fixture list and you surely take bias out. You see them winning most of them, which means Liverpool yeah. have to win everything to be in this time. Chelsea are gone. Yeah, it's a two-horse title race. But, you know, you look at our... If if a neutral fan looks at our fixture list, we're, we're winning most of them. Hmm. I think, you know, the one thing I'd say about the Scousers, they're, they're still not that good. Like, you know, how they how they won that... Well, I know how they won that Palace game. They won that Palace game because the officials went, we need a title race here. Yeah, and the officials made damn sure that, that Liverpool won that game. But Liverpool had absolutely no right to win that game of football. They were excellent for 20 minutes. And, yeah, but then 
they were rubbish for 30 minutes. And in that 30 minutes that they were rubbish for, they got carved open time and time and time again. If City gave up as many chances as the Scousers did against Palace, we'd have, you know, we'd have chapter and verse on why we've been found out and why we need to buy a whole new back four and a whole new midfield. And it was, which was really poor. So no, I mean, if you even now sitting here today with the uh, with the the one one Southampton draw, I still feel Liverpool are more likely to drop points in any set of fixtures than City are. Mm. And I'll just go back to saying it. October, my wish was that come March we were within touch, really, or maybe earlier in the season, because that's how you know I couldn't see us. I did see this happening, so mm. it was going to end. It's ended. We've dropped two points out of 13 games. So that's 37 points out of 39. With two highly winnable games to come up. I'm not saying they're gimmies, because the two teams who have, you know, Brentford could cause problems. It was tough at their place, but we were at home to them. They're not in good form. Norwich just pulled a couple of wins out. No offence, they're Norwich. <laughs> so we'll put a much bigger, you know, a much better team out. So again, and I don't think they'll play dead either against us. So, which plays into our hands. So there's two very winnable games to come off the bat. How do you feel finally about the winter break? Having a break, do you think it's, uh, I might, uh, I've got to ask Ned and this, how players view it later. Uh, mm. Are you happy that there's now no football for two weeks? Or Well, I mean, you know. Do you think it will a... help City? Do I think it will help City? Um, I don't know, is the honest answer. I mean, how I feel is that with the amount of football that's been played, not just this season, but in the last year or two, um, let's get them as many breaks as we can possibly get them, you know. Mm. Um, and in terms of what happens after the break, as I said, like I, I actually think it's probably a blessing in disguise to drop two points on Saturday because I think from there you... You go away for two weeks or however long it is and you come back with your mind sharpened and focused on what the job the job in hand is. And the job in hand is to do what you did between October and now. Do it again between now and April, May. And if you do that, you'll win the league and you'll go deep into the Champions League and might even pick up an FA Cup as well. Yeah. Oh, that's all for that. Sounds all right. Could be worse. It does sound all right, doesn't it? Uh, shall we wrap up the review then, or is there anything else you want to talk about? No, that's it.